If you want to be wealthier, I'm guaranteeing you the best way to do that is to earn more money. When you earn more money, you can borrow more money. When you can borrow more money, you can uh, buy better assets, get better capital growth, uh, bet, get better property and jump out of the rat race sooner. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, a code cracker. We're going to have the leadership conversation. Yes, we're digging into how we can go and design our life. And I'm going to give you a great tip, which I have used for many years, the tip of the primary question. Does that sound deep? Well, I hope so. Will this episode be a success? Who knows? We never know until the end. Hey, there's a few rules about listening to the Urban Property Investor. Make sure you play the show in double speed. And of course, all the episodes are lessons on real estate, philosophy or life. So feel free to dart about and listen to some others if the idea of tackling the leadership conversation does not rock your boat. Now, I tell you what, there are three things that happened to me this week which have really propelled this episode to actually even be an episode. First thing is my old mate, Alison, who is just a rock star of a human being, has demonstrated, I think, some of the best leadership skills when it comes to being a sponge and educating yourself around real estate. Alison comes to all the events, all the seminars, all the webinars, all the Facebook Lives, and has inspired this episode to be an episode because she just shows so much leadership when it comes to the idea that really... We, if we want to transform our world, we've got to put the effort in and she gets the effort award for leadership. I also want to shout out to um, Sue and Peter from Clovelly. You guys are transitioning into retirement and they reached out openly talking about not going to Lake Weirdo and had a conversation with me and I was blown away with what you've been able to create create in your world and certainly your leadership to get where you've got to. Absolute amazing. And I take my hat off to you. Now, I tell you what, Alison is also looking for a fella. So we're going to divert the leadership conversation for just one moment. She is a rock star, fellas. So as you know, earlier in the year, I pimped out my good mate, Ellie, uh, and We tried to find a love match for Ellie. Did not work out. So now, uh, perhaps Ellie wasn't everyone's uh, cup of tea. We're going to move on to Alison. Alison is a real cutie. And I tell you what, she is an active property investor. So, fellas, if you like the idea of uh, an active property investor, female species, by the name of Alison, it's time to reach out to me. Alison, absolute leader in her field. So I think uh, having someone around you like that just inspires 
a great life. After all, I think um, being around positive people is just part of the process of working out this thing called life. So, Sue, Peter, and Alison, this episode is for you and also for Britney Spears. Yes, the other element of my week thus far has been hearing about Britney Spears. Yes, as we all know, Britney is now free. Britney was uh, basically financially and one would argue emotionally, run by her father. Her father had a thing called a conservatorship over Britney, which basically just meant that a judge appointed uh, her father to organise all of her financial situation. And obviously, for a long time, Britney has been trying to get free. But it's interesting, this idea that some people actually like other people to run their financial affairs. And the last straw for me was I was approached this week by uh, a friend of mine who has asked me to manage his money. I am now Britney's dad and I don't want to be Britney's dad The reason I do this podcast is to simply share information for people who want to transform their world, be property investors. You're the property investor. I'm just someone who can rock up every week and give you some tips on property. A big part of my job is simply sharing information. Think of me as someone who works for you, who's delivering you a weekly brief What you do with that brief is up to you. You are the investor. I am not Britney's dad. I ain't your guru. And as such, uh, I think, um, you know, it has propelled this episode because we need to have the leadership conversation, folks. When someone's reaching out to me going, can you be my Britney dad and look after my financial well-being, we need to have the leadership talk because that is not something I want to do. That is something you need to do. And as such, I think uh, it is a good lesson in life in general. Hey, I think leadership's critical to this whole game of life, whether it's being a leader in a community, whether it's being a leader in a relationship, whether it's being a leader economically Leadership comes down to a few fundamentals. Today, I want to have the fundamental conversation. And of course, it links to property. Because I tell you what, if you can perhaps work out how to be a better leader in general, you're going to be noticed. And you're absolutely going to probably be noticed in the workplace. When you're noticed in the workplace, all of a sudden, you're worth more to the marketplace. If you want to be wealthier, I'm guaranteeing you the best way to do that is to earn more money. When you earn more money, you can borrow more money. When you can borrow more money, you can uh, buy better assets, get better capital growth, uh, get better property and jump out of the rat race sooner. So I certainly think one of the easiest ways to get ahead is to take a leadership position in your workplace. Whatever that looks like, uh, it is a big part of 
I think, wealth creation. And if you want to be worth more to the market, you need to offer the market more. And of course, what that often looks like is the idea of, uh, you know, working out this concept known as leadership. Now, the reality is we often see the world through our own eyes and interpret reality using our own uh, version of the world. And most people do not like having the conversation, hey, Bob, you're not really a leader and you probably should. So I thought I would tackle it today and try and have a bit of a honest conversation with people so that you walk away from this episode, maybe thinking you need to go and find that primary question, which is either holding you back or that a question that you you really don't know even exists. And I think a lot of people stress when it comes to to money unnecessarily. They do not know how to be financially literate. They've gone through the school system. They've been spat out by the school system and have no concept of money. And again, money is just a vehicle that quite often creates other opportunities in this world. Now, I tell you what, I run like seven companies. Uh, it like It's a $50 million enterprise and I'm never stressed. And I don't know, like I meet people who honestly are in 10, $15 million worth of debt and their leadership behind that is, is literally stressless. Then I meet someone who's just bought a Jetstar ticket to SeaWorld and is stressed off their head. So how do people end up in this place where their leadership and ability to lead themselves is so out of like the reality of what is an, a normal problem and an abnormal problem. I think we've got to tackle this, folks, because again, if you want to be a good property investor, if you want to be a good person in life, you've got to take some ownership around what that looks like. You can't outsource it to Brittany's dad, albeit he is looking for a new job. Now, I love this quote. I think I mentioned this quote before on the show, Helen Queller. Helen Queller? Who's Helen Queller? Helen Queller sounds like a library teacher, doesn't she? Helen Keller. Uh, I'll read the quote to you because I really love the quote. Security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. I love that quote. I think we can learn a lot about that quote, right? It is really telling us that if we are not prepared to lead, if we are not prepared to be vulnerable, take risks, we're going to get to the end of our life without really living much of it at all. And uh, I, I, I see this in, in so many people I meet that they do not know their primary question because they do not know their primary question they are in a tangle as to how they lead their life and they're just not living the width of their life and having 
awesome experiences. Now, I think we need to make the most of what life offers. I've always lived that way. I have no limiting beliefs around really anything. Um, And the reality is, if you're not going to lead your life now, you're going to pay the bill for that later. That's how life works. Just like investing. If you're not going to invest now, you're going to get the bill for that later in life. I guarantee you, you're going to pay for it. It's just going to come later. By not experiencing life now, you're going to pay later. And I absolutely am a fan of becoming wealthy, but also experiencing things along the journey of becoming wealthy and becoming a better leader. Things like having awesome adventures, you know, doing crazy shit, getting off the beaten track, having a brilliant bucket list. And I think millennials who are, you know, a very spontaneous generation get it. You know, so for many millennials, it's it leadership in their world is the bucket list. And I think we just, you know, we can bring this overall holistic picture together that if we can work out how to be the best leader, the best version of ourselves, we're absolutely going to just constantly bump into good things. And that's just really how leadership works. The reality though, for many people, the clock's ticking, time is passing away, and really they have no plan for a better future. Who they wake up next to in five years from now, they have no idea. Where they're going in life five years from now, they have no idea. They are just hoping Britney's dad looks after them. So here's a question I have for everyone. And I'm going to ask this question while I order an Uber Eats meal. Yes, this is happening on the podcast. I am now... Uh, ordering an Uber Eats meal. I'm doing uh, a Greek dinner tonight. Yes. What's stopping you leading your life? What are the challenges that you are uh, fundamentally going through that are stopping you leading your world? What's stopping you leading your company? Now, think about that, right? If the easiest way to become wealthier is to get a better job inside your company, perhaps lead a department in your company, perhaps lead your business better, what's stopping you doing that? For the most part, most property investors I know are absolutely also going to work. There's not too many property investors I know who are hands-on when it comes to property investment and do not have a job to go to every single day. So I tell you what, uh, what's stopping you? Uh, What's stopping you being a better property investor or running a second hustle when it comes to creating a second income stream or running a company or running a division or what's stopping you getting paid more? This thing called leadership is usually that vehicle. That's usually what stops people because if people do not know what they want, quite often they do not know how to lead themselves to a, uh, a better outcome. 
Now, the Uber Eats has failed. Yes, I've clicked the button and it is now failing. And so I'm going to abandon ordering Uber Eats while we're talking because you only have so much time and you deserve my full concentration, not me trying to order char grilled octopus. So I tell you what, uh, most of the time it's fear that really stops us being a leader. And I think when it comes particularly to property investment, it's either going to be a lack of belief, a lack of direction, or a lack of energy, a lack of commitment that really stops people leading their life financially. I'll say it again, a lack of belief, a lack of direction, not having a plan, and a lack of energy, a lack of willingness to, to you know, get into it, to get going. And uh, if anything, you know, as a kid, I learned that one of the keys to life in general is always do more and always give more than you earn. And if you give more than you earn, you're bound to be noticed. And when you're bound to be noticed, you usually uh, create opportunity. And I think this is one of the things that, uh, again, moving into the decade ahead, we are in a decade, folks, from a real estate perspective, where the world is being split in two. We've got uh, real estate, which is going to grow and make the rich richer. And then we've got real estate, which is just going to spin its wheels and not do much, which is connected to the inequality part of the marketplace. So leadership is critical because if you can earn more, you can absolutely get into the better zones where the real estate is bound to do better, where the capital growth rates are going to absolutely be much, much better in the marketplace. And I've said this, I've said this before, you know, the real estate market is being split in two different directions and we need to keep up with the better pockets and the better direction of the marketplace because really a lot of society will start to actually go down, go backwards. And we haven't seen that in Australia for a long time. We've been blessed in Australia when it comes to incomes, particularly through the mining boom eras, you know, 2003 to 13, great mining boom, two mining booms, massive, massive wage growth. And of course, that wage growth has carried into the decade um, really has carried us to this point where mathematically things kind of work, but into the future when mathematically things don't work, leadership is going to be critical because you're going to need to earn more money to get out of the rat race. And again, it could just be honestly $10,000 more being paid by your employer or your boss or your business. Pay yourself first. One of the first things I learned in life was to pay yourself first. If you pay yourself first, you buy assets first. And again, the best way to pay yourself first in that context is to be a better leader, to get a better job, to perhaps be noticed, to absolutely lead your life just better and better. And again, if you don't lead yourself first, you're absolutely going to be put in a position where... Uh, you know, you're, you're uh, quite often just not maximizing your wealth potential. So is there anything uh, such as a natural born leader? Is, there, is, there, is that a thing? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think leadership is a learnt and earned skill. And anyone can start any particular day. Now, the Gospodar has just started the freaking lawnmower. Let me go and look out the window. Hang on one sec. Oh, man. You can't read about it, can you? You can't read about it. Yes, the Gospodar has decided that it's his home is just falling apart, so he's out with the lawnmower once again. Now, if you guys are picking up that on the mic, I'm really sorry. Uh, maybe I'm going to have to redo the episode. I don't know. Hopefully, the mic is not picking up the Gospodar uh, mowing the lawn. I mean, the guy just needs some leadership. He needs to get out and do some other things other than uh, looking after the home. He's a hearth and homer. Now, his house is beautiful. His leadership skills of presenting his home to the street immaculate. He's number one. He is number one. But I, I just think we need to be a bit more well-rounded. You can't just spend every day mowing the lawn. All right, I need a drink of water. You can see my leadership skills are falling apart. All right. Can leadership be learned? Uh, well, I I think it can. It absolutely can. Because here's the truth, right? Almost all leaders have learned skills through experience, conditioning, and exposures to situations. That's as simple as it is, right? Leaders learn and they remember and they apply and they adapt. And there is big lessons here. You know, we are influenced by certain things. They shape us, but they do not have to define us. They do not have to define us. And this is where we're going to get to today. I want you to walk away really blown away by a concept known as a primary question. Because quite often people are defined by their primary question. Quite often people don't know what their primary question is. And by not even knowing what your primary question is, it quite often also defines you. So I'm a child of the Generation X era. I was really raised by myself. Back then in the 70s and 80s, both mum and dads worked and there really wasn't such a thing as as childcare, so to speak. So kids just raised themselves. The neighbourhood raised kids. It was quite often... Uh, in particularly in my neighborhood, it's a very safe neighborhood. People would, uh, you know, keep an eye out for you. Old uh, grannies would keep an eye out for you. There's little Sammy Saggers. Um, so from really uh, around age six to, my, you know, forever, I've been pretty much looking after myself. However, when I was a teenager, as you know from my money shame story, I was uh, I went to war. I had an urban war with people in my neighbourhood. And a lot of it stemmed from the idea that I lived in a very wealthy neighbourhood. I wasn't a wealthy guy. Uh, there was some stigmas, some shames associated with that. That led to youthful fighting. It led to youthful gangs. It left... Uh, led to money shame and you know I think in my in my um, adolescent years I I would have had you know a, a fair few fights probably more nor more fights than than the norm and uh, for me I 
uh, grew up rather awkward, went into to uh, this thing called adulthood. Um, really blessed because I went through an experience which I created a positive out of. I found my primary question. And I'll explain eventually how I found my primary question. But my primary question, so you know, is who or what do I have to outlast or defeat next? So whenever something happens in my world, I will uh, be grounded by this question. Who or what do I have to outlast or defeat next? Now, for me growing up and having, you know, youthful fights in my neighborhood, you know, there was quite often periods where I got jumped and bashed and I would have to rock up next day and look at the people who bashed me. Uh, And for me, my primary question was simple. Who do I, how do I outlast these people or defeat them? And uh, that has really been with me for a very, very, very long time. Now, again, for me, shame was something that I had in my adolescence and it was a blessing because I got to learn to deal with the idea of a SET, a social evaluative threat. And the reality is all of us, we are enough, we have enough. It is that actually that simple. So, I think the reality is uh, if we can learn to lead our life better, we're going to absolutely crush this thing called property investment. Now, when I first got into real estate, it was tough. Like I got a job, but I couldn't get into the diploma course. Uh, The diploma course was a three-year course back then. And again, like I got rejected. I've got the rejection letter somewhere in the house. I can't find it. Really want to find it and post it. Uh, I got sent to typewriter school. I was there for about half an hour. Uh, 25 years later, I've lectured on urban economics, guest lectured on the pyramid of livability and the urban behavioral economy at Sydney University. Like, My primary question gets me where I need to go. I don't give up. Who or what do I need to outlast or defeat next? It's as simple as that. You guys have heard some of my stories, being banged up abroad, being uh, stuck uh, in, in, uh, you know, foreign countries. Um, You know, I lived in Sweden for six months as a refugee. And when I went to Sweden... You know, I was meant to have this loving, beautiful relationship with a Swedish female species. It all went wrong. Uh, Instead of going home, instead of giving up, I decided I'm going to stay in Sweden. I'm going to live as a refugee if that's what uh, is going to teach me something. So I went and lived in a quadrant of Sweden where... People were, uh, you know, coming out of terrible situations, wars in uh, that were basically, you know, devastating their countries, dictators which were, you know, chasing them out of their own land. And I got to live with all sorts of people, people from Bosnia, Herzegovina, uh, people from Kosovo, people from um, the Middle East that really 
had some terrifying tales to tell about their world. And for me, again, who or what do I need to outlast or beat next? And rather than going home from that situation and and giving up, um, I stayed in a country where I was initially not welcome. Uh, I decided to learn something out of it. Again, the primary question in my life has always been who or what do I have to outlast or beat next? And whenever something comes up in my world, I just simply follow that logic. And today, again, I've got more debt than you can poke a stick at, but I sleep at night well. How do I do that? How do I sleep at night well having like millions of dollars of debt? More debt than you can poke a stick at and someone else can't even uh, feel happy buying a Jetstar ticket to SeaWorld and gets completely stressed out, right? And again, this is this thing that we need to find within ourselves a grounding uh, process. Now, Anthony Robbins is an amazing, amazing character when it comes to teaching psychology. And uh, if you ever want to do a three-day psychology degree, go and do, you know, an event called UPW or, uh, you know, leadership at, at Tony Robbins. Now, a lot of people, uh, you know, I think um, get all weird about, you know, doing Tony Robbins's stuff. And then there's sort of, People who get wigged out by Robbins, then there's like hardcore Robbins people that are like almost like too far brainwashed. And then there's there's people who just want to go and and absolutely let their vulnerabilities um, out and find something within themselves. And for me, I've done uh, a couple of Tony Robbins things, which have been great. They've been great. And... I was able to discover my primary question at a Tony Robbins event. Now, you don't sleep for three days. You have no food and you hug around 3,000 sweaty people and you run across hot coals on a burning fire. You actually have an exorcism, but it is a good exorcism and it challenges you. And it gets you out of your comfort zone. And Tony Robbins has this concept, which I'm sure you could Google, called your primary question. You can't live life at its fullest if you don't know your primary question. And for a lot of people, their primary question is is something that they need to solve because they carry really an unwell primary question. And a primary question, which is rather unwell, is, you know, a negative one. So to understand what a primary question is, it's the question that shapes everything. It's the question that usually will bring up a negative feeling. Uh, It can lead to an unbelievable traumatic experience you may have had in your life. And a positive one will ensure you absolutely live an incredibly good life. And again, a lot of people really have had no problems in their world. So finding a problem or a 
primary question that is painful is not necessarily the challenge, but finding a positive primary question is. Equally, there are people that were, you know, painfully, uh, you know, had a painful problem in their early life. And as such, they need to overcome that painful experience and rectify their primary question. Again, you know, a primary question could be things like I'm, uh, which is a negative one, right? I'm not enough. Uh, people, you know, people don't like me. Um, you know, why does all this shit always happen to me? Um, what did I do to deserve this? Now, as I alluded to, you know, growing up, you know, I used to get bashed a bit, right? And I could easily have a negative primary question like, what did I do to deserve this poor me, poor me? No, I turned my primary question into a positive one. Who do I need? Who or what do I need to outlast or beat, right? To win this thing called life. And whenever something comes along in my world, I can go into a positive place and even when it comes to borrowing money, it's it's just positive to me. I think you've got to pay the price for this. Again, the ticket comes for not dealing with leadership later in life. You're going to get the bill. I guarantee you the invoice to pay is in the post if you do not step up and work out how to be a better leader in general. Uh, health impacts, emotional impacts, mental impacts, worrying constantly. If COVID has taught me anything other than uh, that people are looking for Britney Spears's dad is that uh, a lot of people by virtue particularly of of the mental strain COVID has brought and not to make light of mental challenges um, is that learning your primary question is critical because primary question, you are grounded, man. And, uh, you know, I think even at Robbins, you know, he makes you imagine your primary question and then get someone to try and push you. And if it's a positive primary question, you ain't going nowhere. You, you're grounded. You are, you know, like a rock. And again, I know some people think Robbins and stuff's a bit foo-foo, the old, the old foo-foo Robbins. But the point is, you know, if someone can provide uh, you a doorway to learn and to wake something inside you, um, I think it's highly valuable. I don't know what he charges these days, you know, a thousand bucks or something. You don't even, I think, have to, um, you know, go and do it live because of COVID, which would be great because I tell you what, uh, hugging 3,000 sweaty units ain't my cup of tea, I'll tell you that much. Um, but we've all got to get out of our uh, comfort zone and there's some big units in that group, by the way. You're like, oh, God, here comes the big unit. Um, the old hamburger's a bit sweaty and, you, and next minute you're, you're literally uh, doing the big, the big hug. So the fact you can do that digitally, if anyone's up for it, um, you know, I'm sure I can throw some in the show notes, you know, the the events that that the, the dude does. But highly worth it because I think finding your primary question is, is one of the key principles to leadership. And, uh, you know, the reality is you can't just say you want a better life or you want a better relationship or you want a better community or better friends or you want to be rich can't just say you want to be rich you got to go and actually do something about it you know here's the truth we face 
the direction we design in life. We face the direction we design in life. And, um, you know, uh, I think there's some ingredients around designing a, a good life, a good property investment journey. Um, I think you need to know your values. If you know your values, you're going to be a better leader. I often speak to people and say, you know, what, what do you actually care about? What do you value? And it blows my mind that some people today still really struggle with that question. Really should be the foundation of everything. What you value is ultimately how you're going to lead your life. Perhaps how you will end up finding your primary question. I think when it comes to any form of leadership, knowledge. Uh, knowledge is a key success ingredient to, to becoming a leader. And again, remember, if you can just earn an extra $10,000 at work, what that is going to translate to in real estate could be, abs- it, could, it could get you out of the workforce five years before uh, you're due to finish. And again, uh, it is just so critical. Uh, skills. So values, knowledge, skills, learning more skills, reskilling, retooling the tool belt, uh, constantly doing courses, constantly educating, spend money on yourself, man. Uh, go and learn something new and you will be a better leader. Uh, I think you need a clear vision for what you want in life. Um, I'm a big believer in creating a vision. I think you need to exude the right behaviors uh, to stand up as a leader. If you're, um, you know, wanting to be a leader and you behave the opposite, it's people are going to notice. People are going to notice if you're a little gopnik. If you're a little gopnik, people see it. And all of a sudden, what that means is they're probably going to pay you less because you look like a gopnik. And... I think you've just got to, again, understand you are your own brand. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. And of course, I think the six ingredients is, of being a leader is designing a team. I mean, I think the first thing becoming a great property investor is picking a team. The truth for most property investors is they have no idea about property. So wouldn't it be a good idea to in, recruit people that know about property Again, use me and this podcast as a platform to get briefings once a week on skills. Uh, put me as part of your team. Come and join our village if you want to take it even more serious. Reach out. Come hang out. We do some incredible stuff when it comes to real estate. We are market leaders when it comes to real estate. And I think uh, if you're if – you're, looking to find that primary question, you know, go through the exorcism process and drag it out of yourself because we face the direction we design, folks, and that is as brutal as I can be on this podcast. Now, when it comes to leading your world in real estate, I see this happen as well. Like a lot of people become property investors, then flake. They give up. Uh, They... As soon as there is a failure of type, whether it's a rent failure, whether you know it's it's a it's a repair failure, uh, whether it's a market failure, people want perfect, and perfect does not exist. 
real estate, you're going to have momentum failures, where you're going to have market failures, you're going to have resource failures, you're going to have product failures. You're absolutely going to, uh, without question, be challenged. Your mindset will be challenged. And really, most people who start out as property investors are working towards a goal, then a problem comes and can't find the solution. So immediately duck out of this thing called real estate investing. And of course, um, often, you know, don't take any personal responsibility around that. And I think this is why superannuation is run by Britney Spears's dad. Britney Spears's dad being uh, quite often, for the most part, um, you know, wholesale super funds and, and you know, AMP and, and uh, you know, uh, big superannuation funds, Sun Super or whatever it may be, they are Britney Spears' dad because most Australians are irresponsible when it comes to wealth. They are irresponsibly capable of uh, being free like Britney. And because they're irresponsibly capable of being free by Britney, really the worst thing they can do is get a hold of their super and they should actually just leave it where it is because if you can't lead you uh man if you can't lead you know uh, your own situation um you know you will yeah i can see why it exists like that right the government says that you are not a leader we're going to do it for you through superannuation, the superannuation system. You just pay 12% and uh, we'll get you some money later in life because if we give it to you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to mess it up. And I don't like leading my life like that. I have a self-managed super fund. I, take, I run my own investments because, again, I know my primary question who or what do I have to outlast or beat next? And it's as simple as that, right? So you're going to have a long life when it comes to economics and leadership. You've got human capital, right? You've got to lead you as a human being. Human capital is your ability to wake up every day and swap your time or sell something and make some money. And you have to make the most out of that leadership position you're put into. That may mean, again, working more hours than you get paid for to be noticed. I think that is one of the critical lessons in this. Don't fall into the socialist agenda of uh, just, you know, um, uh, you know, feeling like a victim if you're, uh, you know, do more, do more. I am telling you. Do not uh, become part of this movement, which is is just like, you know, will someone come and fix me? Will, will uh, you know, the free Britney. Um, so you got three parts to this puzzle, right? I think I'm getting off track here. The gospel is driving me bloody bonkers. I'll tell you that much. I've lost my leadership skills. Um, there's three parts to this puzzle, folks. Your self-leadership, your asset leadership, and your preservation leadership. Now, I mentioned this earlier today. Peter and Sue blew me away, came in, uh, had a chat with me, 
And their leadership to build a huge amount of assets, incredible. And now they're they're moving into preservation stage, showing more leadership. They don't want to go to Lake Widow. They don't want the $16 campsite. They want to lead their life 30, 40 years worth of more living, retiring in their mid-50s with uh, a preservation strategy. So again, when it comes to wealth, right, we we have some pillars to go through. We need to work out how to be a better leader so we can lead us to be earning more. That could be a side hustle. That could be a second job. Whatever that looks like, you've got to design it. Then you've got to design an accumulation strategy of assets. You've got to take the income you earn from your human capital and you've got to put it into the asset market so you need to be able to be a leader in that space. Again, that may mean just designing a team to work with, knowing your values, knowing your comfort zone, knowing uh, uh, how to design your future by buying assets. Then the hardest one of them all is having the guts to retire and to not have a job and to lead yourself in a position where you're living off your assets and making a decision when to get off the rat reel. Now, again, that is going to require some sturdy leadership. Let's face it, that ain't, um, that ain't easy. None of that is easy. And I think really there's two roadblocks I see quite often in people's lives which just hold them back to being effective leaders, whether it's a better leader in the community, relationship, whatever it is. One is uh, being vulnerable and two is having an ego. People are less willing to say they don't know what's going on. They don't have any financial acrimen. They don't know how to add up. They don't know, um, you know, where and what to, to do when it comes to to financial, um, you know, expertise. The worst thing you can do, though, is to not learn this stuff and lead your own life. The worst thing you can do is to get Britney's dad, right? And um, though I am very, very, uh, how should I put it, um, taken back that someone wants me to be Britney's dad for them, uh, I do not want to do that because that in itself is just exacerbating the problem, which is you need to lead you. You are the investor of you. Um, People like myself who talk about real estate, maybe show you opportunities within the real estate marketplace. We are just briefing you. You are the investor of you. Uh, And of course, I think not being vulnerable and just saying, hey, I put out my hand. I have no idea what is going on. Can someone just give me some pointers? Oh, sure, that costs money. Okay, here's some money. That in itself for most people is just is just a roadblock, right? It's a silly roadblock. Uh, the second thing, ego, uh, leave your ego at the door. Um, one of the biggest things I think that I see that emotionally impacts Australians is tall poppy syndrome and also nepotism. People love um, living beyond their means, And then when they live beyond their means too much, all of a sudden they get really spiteful. And there's like a psychological condition called schadenfreude. Yes, Google schadenfreude. Uh, I think it 
it must be some weird uh, German word, but schadenfreude is the pleasure people take in other people's pain. And I, like, I don't know why that exists, but I see it a lot. Envy, jealousy, uh, people, um, you know, just taking some sort of weird pleasure in someone else's misfortune. Why? Why on earth? But again, it is coming back to often how people feel about themselves. And here's the real truth as to the primary question. Your thoughts are your thermostat. Your thoughts are your thermostat. And you really need to dig into what those thoughts are. And again, I'm no professional here, man. Like I was literally sitting in the crowd with 3,000 other people just learning this shit myself. Um, again, go see the gurus, uh, Robbins. Um, there, there's a few of them around these days. So, mate, I guarantee they will do the exorcism on you. You'll probably be crawling, sucking your thumb like a baby, uh, but it'll come out. Hallelujah. You, you'll, you'll get this thing, which is your prime re-question. And maybe you know it already. And obviously, um, you know, uh, you know there is some some deeper things inside there, and you know I'm pretty I'm pretty gauche, so you know obviously I use humor that offends people to explain things. Um, the word gauche is just basically that. So you know, put my humor aside and 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 maybe you know just take it take a look into this stuff, and you know don't join a cult or something. Don't end up um, you know running off into into Lake Guido to the cult room of Lake Guido. But, you know, do some personal development is all I'm saying. And you'll end up finding this question which drives you. It's the one question that centers you. And again, if it's a if it's a negative question, it's just about turning that into a positive and potentially also, um, maybe it's a question you've ticked off and you now have a new primary question, right? And again, for me, like I work with about a hundred other people, like I run businesses with a hundred people. Can you imagine the stress that that takes on, um, that, that is that I am responsible for a hundred people's welfare. And I think it's 106 or something. It goes up every day, every day I go to work, there's a new person. I'm like, holy cow, I've got, uh, a lot to worry about. But I don't worry. I have my primary question. I am cool. I sleep at night well. I'm I'm chilled. Um, and again, it's it's just this form of leadership. And I, I'm a big believer in you can manifest this. I manifest this stuff. I manifested my wife. I manifested my wife. Um, you know, I I had literally been on three thousand Tinder dates. I had listened to I reckon. 300 crazy cat women stories uh, to eventually lead me to a place where I had to create almost a primary question around my wife. Who do I actually want? How do I want to design my life? And I think women would appreciate this, fellas, that if you are a flake, you fuck off. Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to waste some women's time. And again, uh, you need to absolutely 
be able to congruently go, you know what, thanks for your time. That was a great date, but uh, you're not for me. Instead of leading people on because you are insecure about you. Now, again, that is, uh, yeah, just a little side note. I think we're getting distracted, but I manifested my wife, right? Um, you know, I remember the 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 moment I, I kind of explained the manifest. I wanted an artist, a sense of humor. I wanted a little bit of a gopnik. I wanted someone super chilled, someone beautiful, and someone less, well, smaller than me, not so tall. Uh and when you're bald, you don't want a tall woman. They're looking down on your bald head. You're like, oh, man, I wish I had hair. They're looking down. It's, there's, a, you know, there's a lot going on in a bald man's head. There's a lot of freckles. So, yeah, artist, sense of humor, bit of a gopnik, chilled, beautiful, and smaller than me. And you know what? I got an artist, someone with a cracking sense of humor, a little bit of a gopnik, a chilled human being, an absolute beautiful spirit and beautiful woman and someone who's smaller than me. So I tell you what, you've got to go find your primary question. Remember mine, who or what do I need to outlast or defeat next? All that does is keep me grounded, folks. It keeps me humble. It keeps me moving forward. Whenever worries come my way, I know how to defend those worries. Think of it that way. A positive primary question will defend the problems coming to you. And I get problems. I get a lot of problems in my world, like hundreds. They come all the time. Like it's not like I do not have problems. But I'm an absolute believer in the idea that you are your own brand. The message that you amplify is real. If you are talking about burnout, stress, not... Uh, having enough money at the end of every week, uh, loneliness, you know, uh, unhealthiness, um, a lack of of direction, then you need to question your strength, your character, and your resolve, and you need to go find this thing called leadership. Few things that have served me well: learn more than is normal, take a gro- total growth mindset. I'll say that again. Take a total growth mindset. Ask yourself, what is the single greatest filter in your world stopping you be the best version of you? I guarantee you that's probably your primary question. Provide more value than what people pay you for. You're going to get noticed. It's as simple as that. And the leaders in my business have all absolutely provided more value to me than what I've ever paid them for. And I'm internally grateful. But now they are leading, they're getting uh, the accolades and remuneration for providing that. Be known for generosity, humility. It's always served me well. Be a little gauche. Create absolute raving fans in everything you do and you will go through life leading your life. Make sure you realize you have a brand, have a big obsession over building your leadership character over just superficial things like clothes and money and cars and and girls and, and, and you know, obsession with character and you will lead your life. And I tell you what, if uh, I can leave you with some parting conversations, uh, who you will be in five years from now 
is really the podcasts you listen to, the books you read, the courses you do, the people you spend the most time with, they will influence you. That is your proximity. And if your proximity is wrong, you need to change it. And of course, uh, if you listen to this podcast too much, you might become a gopnik. So maybe listen to some others as well. As always, folks, don't fear to fail. Be inspired to succeed. I will catch you next time on the Urban Property Investor. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.